um, thank you for your call on um, Vanessa, and I pray now that you would calm her nerves, Lord, that you would strengthen her in her inner being, that you would give her clarity of thought, and that you would give her joy as she thinks about how good you are and how good your word is. Lord, I pray that your word would go forth in power and that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to hear and receive and respond to your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I think this is on you. Well, I just want to thank you for having me here today. As many of you know, this is my first time preaching, and I'm a little nervous, but I'm also so grateful that I get to share this experience with all of you here at Gold Avenue. So thank you to everyone who has been praying for me and encouraging me, especially this week. Um, a few of you know that I had the flu earlier this week, and so we've just been a lot of prayers of restoration. And uh, as you can tell, I'm feeling a lot better today. So uh, praise the Lord for that. So today we're going to be working through the book of Acts. And this morning we are in chapter 16. Last week we heard Pastor Dave share with us the importance of being obedient to Christ. Paul and the company were following the promptings of the Holy Spirit, even though they did not have a map to follow with, to follow them or to help them with. That must have taken a lot of courage and faith to travel over 300 miles through these mountainous lands not knowing exactly where they were going, but knowing that God was guiding them, but not sure exactly as to what direction. Have you ever felt that way? (laughs) Yeah. God God nudging you to share the gospel, but not knowing where to start. And it can feel a lot like trying to navigate a journey without a map. Every day we interact with people, but how do we know who God is preparing us to meet in order to share the gospel? Well, let's read Acts 16, 11 through 15, and see how Paul and company discern where the Lord is calling them, and how did they discern who to share the gospel with. So again... Acts 16, oh, page 17, page 17:19. I'm going to find it with you. So that's Acts 16, 11 through 15. And it says, Lydia's conversion to Philippi. From Troyes, We put out to sea and sailed straight from Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there for several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women 
who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Theratira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited, she invited us into her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Thanks be to God. So how do we know who the Lord wants us to connect with in order to share the gospel? Well, Paul and company were not called to all of Macedonia. It's a, long, it's a lot of space. Remember when Pastor Dave showed us that map last week? It's a lot of miles to cover. Just like Paul, we are not called to all of the United States or even to all of Michigan. But we are called to share the gospel and to make disciples. God told Paul to go to Macedonia. And God has given us Macedonias in our lives too. What do you think might be a Macedonia in your life? Maybe, maybe you might notice someone in your school that is struggling to make friends. Or maybe at work, a colleague is having a difficult day. Wherever you are, there are spiritually hungry people. But sometimes it can be difficult to discern who God is preparing us to meet. For example, before I moved to Grand Rapids, I was living in Kalamazoo and working as a hospital chaplain at Borges Hospital. And on Saturdays, I would lead a Bible study on the closed psych unit. However, Every Saturday, I would have no idea who would be attending these groups because the patients would come in and then discharge and come in. And on one particular week, it seemed that everything that could go wrong went wrong. I brought my scripture with me. I brought my curriculum. I brought the handouts, but I needed to make copies. I went to the copy machine to make copies and the coffee machine was broke. And I thought, okay, that's all right. I can make this work. I can make this work. I couldn't find a coffee machine. And I thought, well, we'll just, we'll read the scripture out loud. As I was walking into the psych unit, we have multiple doors that you have to use keys to, to get in. My pager went off, and it said, warning, code gray, code gray. Psych unit. Closed. There's two, open and closed. And I thought, that's where I'm going. I wonder what's going on. You see, a code gray is when a patient is beginning to show signs of being violent towards a staff member. And they make an announcement in order to send support so that we can understand how best to care for this person. But before I entered the unit, I got there, and the staff members stopped me, and they said, you know what? Today might not be a good day for you to provide a Bible study. Um, we've been having a lot of code grades for one particular patient, and it might not be very safe. 
And I sat there and I thought for a moment, what should I do? It's already been kind of a rough beginning. But I felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit saying, no, I brought you this far, go. There's a reason why you're here today. So I said to the nurse, I said, no, I, I think let's give it a try. And she said, are you sure? This isn't a good week for that. And I said, well, let's see what happens. And if I need support, then, then I'll ask for support. And she said, okay. So they gave me another beeper to put on my belt. And they said, if you begin to feel that you need extra support, or if you feel that you're in danger, press the button and someone will come and, and rescue. And that was the beginning of a Bible study on a Saturday morning where everything that felt like it could go wrong seemed to be going wrong. Talk about a difficult morning. Sometimes it can feel like that too when we read about the story with Paul, a difficult journey. In our readings today, it talks about how Paul and company, they have this general guidance, but they don't know exactly what the Lord is calling them to. They have this idea of where to go, but they don't have all of the pieces figured out. But they trusted that the Lord would provide for them. So they packed their bags, if you can imagine that, (laughs) and they left. And they went to Macedonia. They thought, you know what, maybe when we arrive to Macedonia, we'll have more clarity as to where the Lord is calling us. But when they arrived there, unfortunately, there were no spiritually hungry men or women that greeted them. And instead, they were greeted with silence. Even though this was a booming city, no one inside the city gates seemed to desire to hear the word of God. God gave them this guidance. He clearly said to them, go, go to Macedonia. But things were starting to feel pretty cloudy, kind of fuzzy. And I can only imagine the questions they might have started to wrestle with, the what ifs. What if we didn't follow God's directions correctly? What if we missed something? We have traveled so far to come here. So why does it feel so difficult to connect with someone? But they kept walking. They kept walking. And as they were walking, they asked themselves, okay, well, where, where can we find spiritually hungry men and women? Ah, you know what? We need to find a synagogue. We'll find spiritually hungry men and women there. But there was no synagogue in Philippi. And again, they were stuck with this question of, God, where are you leading us? There's no one inside the city gates that wants to hear the good news. There's no synagogue. Where are we supposed to go to now? So they began to walk outside the city gates, confused, perplexed, but hoping that maybe, just maybe, they would run into a sign or something that would encourage them that they were going in the right direction. This is a lot like our story, like our life. God gave them a vision, and they followed the promptings of the Holy Spirit, 
even when it did not make any sense. And God has given us a prompting or a desire to reach out. But sometimes we too are not sure who are we supposed to connect to. And it can be scary and challenging to follow those initial promptings of the Holy Spirit when we don't really have tangible steps in front of us. But when we respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we may feel that we don't know exactly what we are doing or where we are going, but we know that God is guiding us. It says in Matthew 28 that as you are going, go and make disciples of all nations and people. And just like Paul, we too are called to make disciples and to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lead people to faith in our Jesus Christ. You see, the thing is, is that our trial is not that we do not know what we are called for, because we know that we are called to make disciples of Christ. Sometimes our trial is that our anxiety to reach out prevents us from being able to. We desire to be faithful to our calling and to make disciples, but when we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we really just don't know how. Or who? Who to connect to? Following the promptings of the Holy Spirit without knowing what the plan is can be very scary. And sometimes our fear of doing it perfectly can prevent us from speaking up or from reaching out. I remember that as I walked through those doors onto the psych unit at Borges Hospital, I wondered to myself, what am I getting myself into? And as I walked through the doors and I made announcements to the patients and I said, Hi, I'm Chaplain Vanessa. If you're interested in a Bible study, we're going to be having one in the room down on the left, in the study room. But all of the patients were sleeping and nobody seemed to want to show up. However, there was one patient who was ready to show up, and it was John, the patient who was reported for the code gray. He popped his hat out of the door, and he said, a Bible study? Oh, well, I'll be there. He said, when? And I said, how about now? (laughs) And he said, okay. So we walked down to the room, and I could feel my hands shaking, I was warned. I was told the stories of what had happened to other staff members that week. But I knew that the Holy Spirit had nudged me and that he was there with us. He was with John. He was with me. I wanted to share the gospel with him and with others. But then I began to think to myself, what happens if I say something that makes him angry? What happens if I don't know how to respond to his questions. And then he gets angry. What happens if I'm not able to share the gospel in a way that connects with him? So I began to pray to God for wisdom. You see, God was already going ahead of Paul. And he was preparing the steps for him to complete 
the kingdom work. And as Paul and the company were walking through the side of the city, and they were wondering, where do we go now? In that silence, they were met with the sound of running water. River, a river. And you see, rivers were a place of prayer because rivers often were used to facilitate ceremonial washing rituals. So they followed the sound of this running water. And this running water led them to a river. And at this river, they discovered a group of God-seeking women, spiritually hungry women. And it was in that moment that Paul realized that God had sent them to Macedonia to meet these women. So they shared the gospel with them. And Lydia, a businesswoman of the town, listened to their words, and her heart was prompted to receive the Holy Spirit. She and all of her household responded to the gospel, and they were baptized. This led Paul and the company to experience such a deep, profound sense of joy. Can you imagine how excited they must have felt? I mean, it was such a long journey to find Lydia. And they really didn't have all the pieces figured out along the way. They met many trials. They had many questions. Are we going in the right direction? Am I following God correctly? But the Lord was with them every step of the way. And God brought them to spiritually hungry people. And they were able to witness the hearts of those women being changed for Christ. God goes before us, before us, and creates spiritually hungry people in our lives. Sometimes it can be easy to overlook people who may be searching for God right in front of us if we're not paying attention to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. For instance, Paul went down to the river, but he wasn't sure that he was going to meet anyone there. But he listened to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. And when he did, he found a group of women seeking the Lord. God was already at work preparing their hearts to receive the message of the gospel. This is an example of the dance of cooperation between the human and the divine. We are invited into this dance of cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Our call in Christ is to go out and to share the gospel even when we do not have all of the pieces figured out. Because God will go before us and he will create the spiritual hunger in the people in our lives. And we can find comfort in knowing not only will God go before us, but he will go after us. And he will look over those results. He will take care of the results for us. Do you remember my story at Borges Hospital? Well, as I was praying for wisdom, more patients slowly began to join the Bible study. And slowly but surely, 
the group began to grow in size. And as it grew in size, I became more comfortable with speaking and with sharing in a conversation with this group. Soon, it was almost time for our group to end. I couldn't believe how fast it went. But I felt this prompting from the Holy Spirit to ask the group if there was anyone who would like prayer or if they felt a desire to be closer in relationship with Christ. And John, the patient who had a history of becoming violent, raised his hand and with tears flowing down his cheeks, he said, I want to know Christ in a closer relationship. I want to experience God's love in my life. It's hard to always feel so distant from people. I don't want to get angry all of the time so easily. Please pray for me. So we laid hands on John. And we prayed over him. And it was a very heartfelt moment for the group and for me. Because none of us knew that John was going to raise his hand. And I saw how the Lord was at work in that moment. And I was so happy that I listened to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Even though I had no idea exactly what I was doing. We go back to the beginning of the story when the staff said, Are you sure you want to lead a Bible study today? And the Lord said, Go. Go. God was present and he showed up. And everyone in that group gave John a big hug afterwards, and we just celebrated how much God loves him. Can you imagine how joyful it was for Paul and the company to see the gospel being t- taking roots across so many cultures and in a new land? Can you imagine how joyful that must have felt to see Lydia accept Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior? They had journeyed over 300 miles, unsure of who they were supposed to meet. But in that moment, they experienced why God had brought them to Macedonia. And they knew that the gospel was to be shared for the whole world, but it had to be taken there first and accepted. And they were going, they were getting to experience exactly that because of the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That same joy that flowed out of Lydia after she experienced a conversion from the Holy Spirit, that same joy that flowed out of Paul when he witnessed Lydia accepting Christ, that same joy is from the same God that gently prompts us when we ask, where are the spiritually hungry people around me. We serve a God who works through jars of clay. He experiences joy when we cooperate and dance with the Holy Spirit. And we can find comfort in knowing that our Heavenly Father will journey with us every step of the way. So when God says, Would you dance with me? Would you join me in this dance of sharing the gospel?
It is our call to respond with, yes, I don't have all the pieces figured out, but yes, I'm ready to join Jesus in this dance of cooperation. As we end our time together, the question that I want to invite you to think about this week is, where do you think God is prompting you to reach out to? Who do you think God is prompting you to connect with? Thank you.